Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How's it going, Brian? It's going well. How's it going with you? I'm doing okay. I got a little little bit of a cough this last weekend. I kind of didn't sleep that great, so... You've been having a cough lately, actually. It's been kind of going on for a few months. You've noticed I've got the... Of course. I've got the TB. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I saw the sign on the door. I knew what I was getting myself into. That's right. Well, you you seem like you'll do all right. Quarantine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, well, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. Anything new with you? Um, Not a whole lot. I'm getting excited about going on vacation in a couple weeks. Where are you going? I'm going to go to San Diego with my daughter and two of her friends oh so yeah because they're 16 so i got to keep track of that now wow i mean not that i didn't always keep track of it but there are extra factors at play okay so but i'm looking forward to the ocean nonetheless nice but now i'm i'm getting anxiety about it because we started talking you know what let's do the podcast (laughs) (laughs) all right man. and i'll worry about this later but i am excited for san diego Cool. All right. So I think we're going to take a break from the weight loss discussion for this episode. We're going to do story time. So I looked up a cool story that I want to tell. Nice. And then you have a story that you want to tell. Yes. You want to do yours first? No, or... you, you go. Okay. Because mine's going to be like 15 minutes. I love it. And All then right. I'll just be like a little little cherry on little top. little cherry on top. Okay, cool. So I want to tell this really cool story that I came across. And it actually, uh, I came across it in a podcast. It was from this guy named David Epstein. And I think he has a new book. I think it's called Range. So if you want to learn more about this, okay. you, can, you can go learn about it. But he was talking about the company Nintendo and its <laughs> you know, strategy. That, don't worry. We're going to get to health. We're, Did you see how excited I got when you said the word Nintendo? <laughs> I actually giggled. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, how are we going to get to health from <laughs> Nintendo? But you'll see. We'll get there. So he was talking about Nintendo and what led to so much success for them. And it's basically called lateral movement of withered technology. So they would take technology that was maybe five to 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So it was cheap and they'd use it to come up with a product that was like simple and innovative. So for example, the Game Boy, which is a classic, I'm sure you had a Game Boy at some point. My daughter, that was past my... No, I'm not talking like the new Game Boys, like the old brick. I didn't, I didn't even have one of those. That was like came later. I'm an old man, dude. All right. Well, I had a Game Boy. Yes. You know, it's iconic. And at the time that it came out, other companies like Sega were releasing similar game systems. However, they were using like cutting edge technology, color screens, right. good graphics. Well, the Game Boy used like old computer chips, <laughs> you know, it was bit. exactly, it was like large and clunky, which made it super inexpensive, simple. It was very durable. I mean, these things were like hard to break. Right. You know, the batteries could explode and that thing would still run. Oh, I remember them. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it was easy to program games for too. So a lot of different games came out. So it actually ended up beating out all the other high tech companies. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And that's basically been Nintendo's strategy. You know, they've done that many times with like the remote control cars, with the Wii. Yeah. You know, the Wii is super simple compared to the Xbox and the totally and the other ones. So anyway, it's like old tech in new ways. So the reason I mentioned this is because using withered technology in new ways was exactly how this breakthrough in medicine uh, was produced that led to the saving of millions of lives. I see what you did there. So to set up the stage, nice. it's China. It's the late 1960s. 
and Chairman Mao has launched his cultural revolution. Oh, terrible chairman, by the way. Terrible chairman, yeah. Really bad. So anyway, <laughs> Mao, he was kind of on the outs with the Chinese Communist Party okay. at the time. Uh, he His Great Leap Forward program, which was in the 1950s, was like a complete catastrophe. Yeah. Like complete catastrophe. Like if, if there was a catastrophe that you could measure all other catastrophes <laughs> by in the future and say, well, this one wasn't so bad, it it would be like the Great Chernobyl Leap Forward. Chernobyl seems like a tame day at the park compared. That's, yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Chernobyl's like, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> okay. So what the program basically did was it tried to turn rural farmers into steel manufacturers. Yeah. See, they saw that America and Britain, they were making rockets and they had this space program. And so the Chinese, they they wanted it on the game. Yes. So they were, they were going to leap forward in their technology and their okay. manufacturing. Well, you can kind of imagine what happens when you turn all of your farmers into steel manufacturers. So there were, they're not really that good at making steel in the first place, right? <laughs> you can't grow it. Yeah, you can't. They used these uh, backyard furnaces too. They had no idea what they were doing. So they, they ended up making like this scrap pig iron. So it was useless. But also like pig iron. Pig iron, yeah. Who's, who's going to make the food, right? Well, yeah. You got all the farmers. Well, no one. No one made food. So basically millions of people starved to death. It was one of the largest famines of all time, I think. It's estimated that something around 15 to 43 million people perished in the Great Leap Forward. <sighs> that seems orchestrated. Yeah. Well, so you can see why Chernobyl not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So suffice to say, Mao was not favored going into the 60s. He'd largely he'd largely given up, you know, most real economic or political power. Wow. I did not know the depths of that story. That's pretty that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So he wanted back, though. He wanted back in. He wanted power. So he came up with this idea to launch a cultural revolution. And he accused the leadership and the older generations at the time of, like, trying to bring back capitalism and all these nefarious bourgeois things. Okay. And so he pitted young people against the old leaders and teachers. Don't worry. We're getting, we're getting to the story. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> all right. So he pitted young people against the old teachers and leaders and they would split up into these cohorts that they called the red guard and they would go around smashing things and causing mayhem and killing people i mean it was you know it wasn't great <laughs> not fun and it totally worked by the way mao regained power into until he died into the 1970s so wow anyway due to the red guard and those tactics during the cultural revolution in the year 1967 the north vietnamese were being decimated by America, but also by malaria. And they requested help from the Chinese Communist Party. Okay. So Chairman Mao, he created this group of hundreds of scientists, and he called the project Project 523. It was very secretive. Nobody could know mm. about this project. So like most of Mao's projects, it was a complete cluster frack of failure. Uh, until... Uh, until they brought in a woman named Professor Yu Yu Tu. Yeah, that's her name, Yu Yu Tu. No relation. <laughs> so she had this idea, and she headed a team that would look back at Chinese medicine and look at medicinal herbs okay. for for clues on an herbal remedy for malaria. So they looked at recipes and manuscripts, some of which were you know 1,700 years old from the Jin Dynasty, and they focused on remedies for fever. And eventually they compiled 
over 600 different recipes uh, after going through almost over 2,000. And they paid special attention to herbs that were used over and over again in different recipes. And they ended up testing, I think, you know, something like over 100 different herbs on a rodent malarial parasite model. Ugh. Yeah, rodent malaria. That sounds disgusting, just an aside, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to picture that. Yeah. Okay, rodent malaria, I'm with you. Yeah, and one of the herbs that was used over and over again, it was called Artemisia annua, or also sweet wormwood. Mm. And they found that the extract of wormwood was able to inhibit the malarial parasite sporadically. So sometimes it would inhibit it in the high 60% range, other times it was in the teens. Okay. And they thought they were onto something, but it didn't quite have the success rate that they were looking for. So, Professor Tu went back to the ancient manuscripts and was looking for more clues. She was reading Ji Hong, and uh, he was describing basically how he used an extract of wormwood to treat a fever. Now, you see, usually Chinese herbs are boiled, right? They're usually not used in like a cold water. Okay. But Ji Hong from 1700 years ago said that wormwood needed to have the juice squeezed out of it in cold water. Oh, Ji Hong. Oh, Ji Hong. Yeah. So this is very different from normal procedures, but a light went on in Professor Tu's brain and she thought, you know, they'd been using ethanol to do the extraction. Ethanol has a very high boiling point compared to ether. Okay. And so she thought, let's switch to ether as an extraction of of wormwood. Sure enough, after extracting with ether, the chemical compound was stable and it was able to inhibit the malarial parasite in rodents at 100% rate. Those are smart people. Yeah. (laughs) So the extracted compound is called artemisinin and Professor Tu went on to lead the first human trial, which had fantastic success on malaria. Wow. And today, artemisinin-based therapies are the leading treatment for malaria. They have saved millions of lives around the globe. And for her contribution to medicine, Professor Tu, she won a lot of different awards over the years. And in 2015, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in medicine, one of only 12 women women to ever do so. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty Pretty, pretty cool, impressive. huh? Yeah. Didn't, know, didn't know Nobel was going to get in here, right? I didn't know we were going to get here from Game Boy. <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a really cool story. And interestingly enough, you can actually get Artemis in pretty easy. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon for around 20 bucks. You can get uh, get the extract. And it has some amazing properties that I was going to talk about. Please. Yeah. So first off, it's a, it's a great anti-parasite. So it's not just malaria. Uh, it also is like sleeping sickness, which is caused by some type of bug. And it works against a lot of other bugs too. So if you ever stay in India or Mexico or some other country and you think you come back and you might have something, right? it's going to be very helpful. Or maybe if you've just never even done this before, who knows where you could have picked something up along the lines years ago, right? You could sure. be carrying something around. Sure, you could. Yeah, something really low level. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. However, the real interesting aspect of artemisinin is in cancer therapy. Now, there have been a ton of studies looking at artemisinin against cancer cells in vitro, meaning in a Petri dish, and it is super toxic to many types of cancer like prostate, renal, pancreatic, gastric, brain, liver, melanoma. It's a really long list. It just does not care. The cancer cells do not care. The cancer die. Yeah, in, in a Petri dish. So the way it works, if you're interested, this is the technical bit, but cancer and parasites, they both really like iron. So they, they just love it. So cancer can have up to 1,000 times more iron than regular cells. Really? Yeah, and it's really interesting. And for, I didn't even know that cancer liked iron. 
I know it's it's a totally different cell like metabolism that they that cancer has going on. Wow. And so for malaria and other parasites too, you know they're like feeding on you. So obviously Ugh. they like iron too, concentrated as well. So artemisinin it has two oxygen molecules that break down in the presence of iron. So when you take it, it runs into cancer or a parasite with all this iron, and it releases these two oxygen molecules that act as free radicals and they cause the cancer cells to die. So cancer cells, they do not like free radicals. I didn't know this either, but they actually are really susceptible to free radicals and they will concentrate antioxidants in themselves in an attempt to protect themselves from free radicals. See, I thought the opposite. I thought, I always thought that they loved free radicals and free radicals actually brought about, you know, I always thought hand in hand free radicals and cancer. Yeah. So, Basically, oxidative stress. So normal cells, they're healthy, and they can deal with free radicals relatively easy. Okay. So when free radical comes along, they can repair themselves, or they can use an antioxidant mechanism. But cancer doesn't have that ability. Okay. So free, you could say free radicals might get you to cancer, but cancer doesn't like free radicals. Meaning if you damage your cells a bunch, maybe they'll get to cancer someday. Right. But when they're at cancer... It damages them even more. Oof. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So it makes artemisinin very effective because with these free radicals, they will destroy cancer cells and they'll leave normal cells fine, healthy. It's like they can deal with the free radicals, no That's problem. Incredible. Yeah. Now, there is not much study in actual people. I found one on colorectal cancer and it was a study that used a different constituent of sweet wormwood. It's called artesunate and they found that it prohibited the the cell proliferation, so it was a positive thing. But uh, while there's not many like official studies, the amount of case studies out there and reports of sweet wormwood and artemisinin helping with cancer, it's vast and it's global. It's all over the world. And so when I say case studies, what I mean is, I don't mean like Amazon reviews, although right. there are a lot of good Amazon reviews. <laughs> but I mean case studies where like a doctor recorded, you know, they had a patient with cancer and they used wormwood in some way and had positive results. So it's not like something you can lean on and say, hey, now we know this helps with cancer, but it's like a, a little clue. Right. So I looked through some of these case studies and they were very impressive. I mean, there were inoperable cancers. There was stage. There was a lady who had stage four cancer where someone they were given two months to live and they were still alive 47 months later. And they're doing this in the States? I think that one was Italy. Okay. So, I mean, it's just, it's really cool stuff. There was wow. a cancer that was not responding to treatment and after adding wormwood, it started sticking. It's just awesome. That's very cool. Awesome case studies. And like I said, on Amazon, there are a ton of like responses, mostly about pets, which is interesting. There's a lot of people who have pets who have cancer and like little Fido's given two months to live and they start giving them wormwood and they're like still alive, you know, one or two months later. It's yeah, funny. It's, it's cool. good enough for the pets, but they don't, eh, they're not going to exactly stake their lives on the wormwood <laughs> just yet. But the fact that it is a great, it seems like no matter what kind of treatment you're taking, it's something that would be a great um, add-on. Yeah, a great add-on. An yeah. add-on. A plus one. That's right. Yeah. To your cancer treatment. Of and I, I don't know how often it's used as an add-on. Probably. I'm, it should be. It should be. It's definitely got good case studies around the, it. Yeah. And it doesn't have a lot of problems. So anyway, I'm going to post a great link that has all this information in it. And there's other uses for sweet wormwood, like digestive help, anxiety, brain fog. It's also antiviral, just to name a few of the other uses. And if you want to try... Artemisinin, I would recommend reading up on it from this link. 
there's uh, some particulars on how you want to take it. Like it's a little wonky. Like for example, if you take it, it actually blocks absorption of taking more of it. So you have to take it for a few days and then get off of it, or you have to take the extract and then switch to the non-extract and like go back and forth. It's just finicky. So you just want to read. It's not that hard. It's it's not like that complicated. You just want to read. Just looking at my eyes cross over when you're explaining. <laughs> you take this and then you subtract a four and then you add a seven and you spin around and then you drink some more. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to try. Is this something that I mean I could take myself or do sure. i need to have a problem first no you could take it like okay. like i said it helps with digestive issues helps right. with yeah it helps with a lot of things it's not gonna hurt you really well now that i know that it's so easy to do i'm gonna <laughs> 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 but anything worth doing is you know so if you want the dirty if you want the bottom line dirty right take it for three days stop for a few okay. take it for three days stop for a few okay if you want to be be all cool and complicated, then you get like the artemisinin and then you get the sweet wormwood extract, which is different. And then you kind of switch off back and forth so that Ooh. when one gets more, you know, tolerant to one, you switch to the other. And, and yeah. Have you taken this yourself? I have. Sure. Did you feel any effects? I noticed I had less anxiety. It was kind of like something in my brain got turned off where I just, I got, I became very chill. Really? Yeah, that was cool. But That's that was with the sweet wormwood extract. That was not with the artemisinin. And, and then I do notice if I take too much of it, it will give me a cold or a flu. Like I'll be... Really? Yeah. I'll flu get, like symptoms or you'll get knocked no, out? No, I'll get like for a few days, I will have a flu. <laughs> that... Uh, you're not winning me over quite. I don't know yet. why. I don't know why that happens. It doesn't happen to everybody. I mean, you, I got to take a lot of it, but yeah. Is it one of those things that where they say it's you excreting illness from your body, so you feel those flu-like symptoms? It's it's it a healing be? reaction. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I think a lot of those times those things are BS. I have no idea. How do you feel after you get after you've been sick though? Do Amazing. You That's what I wanted to hear. Amazing. That's all I needed. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Small price to pay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool stuff. It's in a lot of parasite cleanses. So, I mean, it's out there. I'm seeing wormwood more and more, actually. And, but not that this is straight up wormwood, but I've been fascinated by it because I always thought that wormwood was something that was toxic or something not great for you. you yeah, know? it is. And there's a lot of different kinds of wormwood, too. So, just taking straight wormwood like an herb, not an extract or whatever, it's going to have some toxic components in it. So you don't want to go crazy. Right. And maybe that's why I got sick. I don't know. Maybe you will go crazy if you have straight up wormwood. That you know? too. Yeah. Like it's used to make uh, absinthe. It's a different kind of wormwood. It's not sweet wormwood, but there's wormwood that's used to make absinthe and it has some, uh, I don't know, psychotropic things that it does. I think it's mentioned in a Shakespeare play or two, wormwood. I think. You might be right. I think it was oft used... Not in the best of, <laughs> with the best of intentions, I think, back in that. Well, that's, and that's another thing people reported, at least when I was reading reviews on it, was some crazy dreams or something along those lines. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It is. And, and part of like what I believe from this story is that there's all kinds of cures and uses for things that we know about, like hiding right under our nose. I love that. The pharma industry, you know, God bless them, they tend to look for new compounds that they can patent because only a patentable molecule can make back the millions that they spend in R&D. And so they're locked into looking for new stuff, which is great. Yes. Which is great, but they are not going to use old stuff that's been around for a while to try and tackle new problems. 
like Professor Two. That's what's that's what our job's going to be: old, withered technology <laughs> in new ways. We are Nintendo. Just kept around in the garage, retinkered with and repurposed. That's right. We're the steampunk. Of but yeah, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, though, just because they consider something to be dated or been or had some other kind of use usage um just chucking it all out and and that's that seems like a major misstep well and that's the other reason why you know when they say to rate you know vitamins aren't regulated which is bs but when they say vitamins aren't regulated we need to regulate them it's like if you regulate it and you say okay now we have to test every herb for safety and efficacy and efficacy who's going to pay millions of dollars to test milk thistle out when nobody can get a patent on milk thistle, so you test milk thistle out and then you sell it at a store for nine ninety nine, no one's going to be, be able to do that. Yeah. You can't pay millions of dollars and then sell it for nine ninety nine. That's why they can only do new molecules that are patentable because those you can sell for a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, is that the future of the vitamin industry, do you think? I hope so. Yeah. It would give us a lot of credit if something was like that was discovered. You know, if like boron was discovered for Im- inflammation, I mean, not inflammation, joint, I, I can't use the word inflammation. No. For uh, for joint health. For for puffiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the places. Um, yeah, no, that would be wonderful. And and who knows how many things or how many things that would work not as an isolate, but in conjunction with one another too. Mm-hmm. Which you see sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. Much as, yeah, so no, it's exciting. Cool. I love it. All right, that's my story. I learned. Mine is, like we said, it's it's just a little small. It's a little guy. Yeah, that's okay. So one of the things or one of the biggest things or queries that we get at the store, we have a very, we have an older crowd that comes in. Of course. Large amount of our customers are older. And for some reason, as we know, um, people are a lot more concerned about their health the longer they've been on the journey. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they start getting sick, but it's nice to see people coming in younger and younger to try to tackle issues before they become problems. Or they're sicker younger and younger. That's also the case. So, um, regardless, one of the number one things that people come into the store asking about is libido. The men, men, older men coming in. Yep. But what I'm realizing, they seem to be getting younger and younger having libido issues, Um, which is something that you would consider to be part of an older generation, you know, but now you start going, ooh, they're having problems in the 30s and other times, and that takes us back to, is it an environmental thing? Is it psychological? Mm. Who knows? But the cool thing is, instead of just running to Viagra, which a lot of these people do, which is not great for you. Um, no. <clears throat> to, to, and especially if you haven't looked at other options. Because we're talking about hormonal adjustments sometimes. I mean, it's like you're out of balance. You just take a pill on top of it. It can compound the issue or, or make things worse. So gotcha. it's been very cool. So one of the things that I we've talked about mock in the past, um, yep. but one of the, the even the horny goat weed which is a very strange... I love the name. It's great. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know right there. They need to name more herbs like horny goat weed. They really do. And that's a real thing, horny goat weed. Do you happen to know the scientific name? No, I don't have it off the top of my head. I don't either. It's Spanish, I believe. But anyways, um, there was a company called Zao that basically founded their entire company on horny goat weed. I know what you're talking about. 
and they basically repackaged someone else's and sold it. And there's a reason that the horny goat weed was the first thing that they went with is because it does work to some really yes i've never tried it so that's cool it well i mean this is the one thing that i was getting back to is that i have a particular customer we'll call him elvis customer e he uh he tells me in way too much detail um about all of the different ones nice and all i mean like it's amazing what you can get used to at the store level with people coming in thinking you're a doctor because you sell supplements and things that make them feel better. You got a blue shirt, you know? You got a blue shirt. Tell me everything about your erection, sir. Anyways, <laughs> that seems to be the case. But it, it's it, and it, I was like, oh, God. I remember the first day I was like, people don't really care. They're just like, I got mm. diarrhea. Come on out of everywhere. And I'm like, oh. So you basically just saddle up every day when you're going in. But this one cool. guy tells me all of the stories. And the one that he keeps coming back to is this horny goat weed and the maca. He likes the maca quite a bit, too. But it is one of those things where if it's low testosterone you're not producing enough testosterone it's it's killing your libido or whatever it is it's not something that you should just be taking once you know this is something you have to sustain at least have some of it in your bloodstream at all times to maintain that balance so i've seen this you know and several people actually as testimonials say that they, I'm like, you just take this when you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. After bingo night and you're feeling a little bit randy and they're like, no, you take it every day. And that's where they found it to be the most effective. And these are people in their seventies. So it's like Cialis. 80s. It's not like Viagra. Is Cialis one of those things? You Cialis have to take? is the one that you take all the time. See, I did not know. Yeah. You've not seen the ads. It's like whenever you're ready, Cialis is with you or something like I that. I guess I just hadn't paid that much attention to it because if there are other humans in the room when those commercials come on, especially if they're older, I feel strange. <laughs> all right. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyways. Um, so I, what I found through and through is that the people who it's not these three day pills you should be taking or a Viagra. Mm. If you want true results, even taking it in micro doses, look for a long-term solution by making sure you're taking something all the time. If not every day, at least several times a week and keeping it in your bloodstream, it's going to be much more effective as far as I've seen with, uh, libido issues in men. So this guy, this guy, Elvis, he comes in and he tells, you basically, I have issues and I've tried everything and he likes the horny goat weed. He loves the horny goat weed. Okay. And is he taking it with a combination with something else? He does take the maca too. The maca. But, but he doesn't take the maca every day. He takes the horny goat weed every day. Really? Yes. Okay. So, um, hmm. which I had never heard really before, but he swears by it. So, Okay. Um, How old is this guy? Just to... He's in his 70s. All right. So, he's up there. Yeah. He's tried everything. I mean, like he's run through and he'll sustain. I mean, he he runs it through its paces and I don't want to know how he does that. He's got a journal. Oh, gosh. Oh, (laughs) man. Um, But anyways, uh, and he said that with the maca as well. Okay. That he he doesn't go a week without doing it and Mm. um, keeping it in his bloodstream. And I've talked to other people who say similar things. Okay. And is this guy like a single guy? Or is he is he married? He is a single guy. All right, now we get the picture. He's, so he's a, a single guy. He's a widower. Oh, okay. And he's out there trolling for like I think prowling the last five years. Yeah. Oh man. 
So he's a good guy. But um, regardless, it, it uh, he swears by having this stuff in your system. Okay. Continually. Cool. He also works for the company. John Goatweed is his actual <laughs> name. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> that was a complete and utter fabrication. Fabrication. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, that, that was about it that I had okay. because there's so many people that come in asking about that stuff and, and there's no right answer because everyone's body is different, but yeah, well, that's good. Good to know more stories like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially people who've tried a lot of different things. They have really valuable insights. He would point to every single thing. I've done that, tried that, done this, done that. I'm like, oh gosh. Wow. Okay. So anyways, anyways, good to know. A wealth of knowledge. So that's the podcast for the week. One quick announcement. I am setting up an Amazon affiliate account. So I've gotten some requests. We talk about different products in in the show. And people have said they want links to some of these products where they can go buy if they want to. And so I've set up an Amazon affiliate account. So in the show notes, there'll be a link that says, you know, Artemis Inn. If you want this one, there'll be a few options. You can click on it. And if you buy it, then we get 10%. Or you can just look on Amazon and get it yourself, whatever. But uh, we're going to throw that up. I didn't know you were doing that. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I love it. Okay. It makes sense. I mean, if we're going to talk about something, somebody's going to go look it up anyways, right? Yeah. I mean, my whole thought has been to not make it commercialized to make it cool and fun to listen to and not to have a bunch of ads and all that stuff. Right. So, and my job is in vitamins too. And so we're obviously, I'm, I'm kind of keeping a, a Chinese wall between those companies and what we talk about here. Of course. So there's never going to be a link for one of the companies that I've ever worked for in one of the, in our show notes, but yeah, so that's what we're doing. Admirable, sir. That's what we're doing. I love it. That's a great idea. Cool. Yep. All right. Thanks, everyone. If you have a question or you want to drop us a comment, whatever, you can send us an email at quackspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. Be well.